The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's man-to-man coverage. This is the PFT PM Podcast. And now, your host, Mike Florio. August 10th edition of the PFT PM Podcast. We have coming up a guy who went 606 days between playing in NFL games. Ryan Tannehill, the Dolphins quarterback, suffered the knee injury December of 2016. December 11, if I recall correctly. There's a chance I don't. Tore the ACL during training camp practice August 3, if I recall correctly, of 2017. Now played last night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll talk to him for about 10 minutes or so. I like doing an hour. I like the long interviews, but I'll take what I can get because Ryan Tannehill has other things to do than talk to a slapdick like me. Hello, son. My son's here. Can I get an introduction, please? This is my son, my only child, Michael Alexander Florio. He is not junior. Just me. So, although the dog is kind of a child now. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of nice. I never thought some attention's got moved to her. I never thought that I would feel that way about a dog because I never wanted a dog. I saw people that like are all over their dogs and it's like they stink and they have bad breath and they like lick themselves and I would never treat a dog like a human. And now Yeah, and then you get one and then you realize how great dogs are. I'm treating the dog like a human. I love being with the dog. We should have the dog in here. She just want to leave the room the whole time and look for mom, I bet. Well, that's the problem. She uh, we could distract she she could get distracted easily. Once she's once, a dog. Once yeah, they have a very short attention span and I don't know what kind of memory they have, but once mom is Hers gone is and she's accepted the fact that she's gone and she stopped crying that she's gone, then she's fine. Then we're okay. We're yeah. an acceptable fallback to mom. Yeah. But uh yeah, mom loves her and she loves mom and we just kind of live here. But uh but the dog, I, I, I'm one of those people. I take pictures of her all the time. I had to stop getting on Instagram because every time I got on Instagram, I put up a picture of the dog. I cannot stop photographing and, and hey, here's my dog. Check out my dog. It really is like we have, a, we have another child. It really is. It's pathetic. I have become that pathetic person that I always made fun of. And now, one of these days, the dog's going to die. The dog's going to die. And I am going to be completely and totally shattered. Either die a hero or li- live long enough to see yourself become the enemy. What? Yeah. You became a person that loves dogs. You always hated them, and now you are that. Wait, what's that from? I don't know. Is that like a Batman line? I see it on Twitter. Oh. Uh, I think it's from Batman. Well, I wonder which Batman, though. Oh, I don't know, because they all suck. They all suck. Except I was the a- Dark Knight. No, it wasn't No, good. the Dark Knight's the best. No, no, it's not. The Dark Knight's the best superhero movie I've ever seen. The Dark... Well, it's a low bar, because superhero movies... Never they, live up to the expectation. Yeah, but all all the Marvel movies have become extremely popular, and like, I mean, how like, I'm pretty sure Infinity War broke a bunch of records. I, just, just because people go see it doesn't make it good. The only the only superhero movie I ever thoroughly enjoyed was uh, Superman two, the old Superman two, when Zod shows up with Christopher Reeve. And when you see that now, it's horrible. But I remember really enjoying that. And there's been no super movie, superhero movie since then. It's a Harvey Dent line, according to Matt Casey. What was it again? 
either die hero or live long enough to see yourself become the enemy. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's a good one. I, I like that better than than uh, the saying that's on the back of the PFT t-shirt that I was wearing the other day. You wear it, you wear it often. I wear it all the time. It's a, it's a Matt Casey creation. I can't remember what the line is, though. It's something like, friendship takes too much effort. It's so much easier to maintain an enemy. I think that's it exactly. I think I nailed it. I got a few other sayings we need to put on the back of a t-shirt, although they may not be yeah, t-shirts a few. that we could, uh, they could, we could wear out in public. I've, I've seen people wearing shirts out in public where I want to say to them, you cannot walk around with the F word on a T-shirt in public. You can't. I need Kids to get, can read. I need to get one of the uh, one of the WVU shirts that says, uh, what's it say? It's like West F in Virginia. What's yeah, it say? yeah, that that's it. it? Yeah. I think it's something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult to remember that. I'm surprised. Uh, I just wasn't sure. Like, I know it, the F word was on there. I just yeah, can't oh, remember it's on there. what it was between. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was like Mountaineers or whatever. It's been a long time since so I've came, seen that. I came so close to saying something to a guy at Sheets one day who had that shirt on. But I did that quick assessment, that will this guy kick my ass or not assessment, and I came to the conclusion he would have kicked my ass. Of course, I often come to that conclusion, so I decided no, not to say anything. because you're scared of everyone. I'm not scared of everyone. I just prefer not to get my ass kicked. I mean, what am I going to do, rumble with somebody? You... And, you know, the thing about living in West Virginia, you never know who's packing heat. I mean, that, I, I always tell you that. Yeah. We, we I, oh, no, a, I know. I know that. It's, we are in a Second Amendment-loving state. You do not get into a fight with a stranger because you never know who is exercising the right to bear arms. You just assume never everybody is. Never getting rage. No. All right. Uh, all right. Even we got though some... people around here aren't the brightest. Now, is that, that's not, a, what, that's not an appropriate thing to say. I don't care. All right. Uh, let's move on before we cause any more trouble and have to move. You know, I like living here. I like the people. People don't even here. realize you live here. Well, I know, but I still prefer to live here. I don't need people. I don't. I don't need you to insult the populace, so I have to freaking move to Connecticut, although Chris Sims would be very happy about that. He works on me all the time to move up there. All right, let's move on. Darius Geis, Washington running back, torn ACL. On a play last night that didn't look all that bad, and after the game there were reports from people like Rap Sheet and Chef D that he's okay. Well, he's not okay. He's got a torn ACL. And that is the thing, and I hate to, I hate to be vindicated. We probably have a clip from – not that I say, oh, I called it. I, it's just I say it every year. When the preseason starts, we know there are going to be injuries. We just don't know who they're going to happen to, when they're going to happen, and how long they're going to be out. But that's one of the main things you have to look for. Hold your breath so your favorite players don't get injured. And Darius Geis – who had all the promise of coming in and making a huge impact this year for the the Washington franchise tore his ACL in his first preseason game, and now he's done, and now they're stuck. Now they've got Chris Thompson who's coming back from injury. They have Rob Kelly. They have guys on the depth chart who were likely going to be supplanted by guys. I don't know what they do. Do they bump up one of the guys they have, or do they give Adrian Peterson a call? Uh, I could see them calling Adrian Peterson. You know, if I'm Adrian Peterson, I'm not, I'm not coming to play on that that uh, that dirt and rocks field where I tore my ACL. Hey, I think, uh, I mean, I think he'd play just to play at this point. So, I, if I were him, I, my advice to him would be: Look, Adrian, it was the first night of the preseason, and a running back tore an ACL. Just bide your time. More injuries will happen. Wait for a contender. I don't view Washington as a contender, and I no. would wait. I would wait. And I don't want to name names and be accused of jinxing, but there are better teams out there where if the starting running back got injured, Adrian Peterson would have an opportunity. Alfred Morris is available. He had 1,600 yards or something like that back in 2012, the year that RG3 was the rookie of the year. So Morris yeah, is out it's there. It's been a while. Peterson's out there. DeMarco Murray's retired, but I never believed that he was retired. That was just a way to get a little, uh, a little attention, a little reminder to the world 
that, uh, hey, I'm, I'm out here in the event that you want to pay me what I'm looking for. Now he's trying to get into TV. And uh, I think he gives that up in a heartbeat if a team like Washington or someone else offers him enough money. So they, they need to decide what to do philosophically. Do we stick with what we have? Do we go next man up or do we bring in one of the veterans that's out there? Or do you try to swing a trade where there may be a glut on a depth chart somewhere? Maybe there's a veteran that's due to get dumped by another team and you can swing a conditional seventh round pick a lot of options now but the franchise is going to have its work cut out for it because they have to come up with a plan for replacing Darius Geis and I guess the only good thing about it happening now is they have four weeks to adjust if it happens like in the first game or practice the week of the first game then then you're screwed and it's hard to recover from it. yeah kind of like when Teddy Bridgewater got hurt two years ago that was late august and they scrambled and traded for sam bradford they gave up a one and a four for sam bradford sean hill started week one actually won that game against the titans and then bradford took over the rest of the way five and oh fell apart missed the playoffs i I remember i remember where i was when i found out sam bradford was our new quarterback (laughs) i I was sitting right here i was uh, it was cut down it was was saturday i was at the it was like the first football game of the year in morgantown and someone told me and i was like my day was just kind of ruined what you were unhappy about that yes <laughs> you you never are happy with the vikings quarterback situation you like teddy bridgewater though uh, yeah but you're not happy with kirk cousins not exactly can i tell the story about what you said when we were at training camp mm. okay i won't now you can come on here and say whatever you want and offend our neighbors but i can't tell a funny story i wasn't talking about our neighbors i was talking about the population i know i'm just trying to get you there no i mean i'm not talking about everybody i'm just talking about a select i know what you're talking about People who, people who wouldn't be listening to this anyway. Yeah. All right, uh, let's keep moving on. I saw an item that there are on average 1.38 of the new helmet rule penalties called. Now, there were four last Thursday night, so there were fewer. Even though Brad Allen, NFL referee, said they're going to be more inclined to throw the flags for the preseason until they figure out what is and what isn't a foul within the standards of the regular season. Something I noticed last night that I want everyone to keep an eye on. It was in the Dallas-San Francisco game. Greg Kittle, is it Greg or George Kittle? It's Greg Kittle, I think. Greg Kittle was running, and Jeff Heath came in low. And instead of hitting him helmet first, he, like, did the tuck and roll and hit him with his shoulder pads and with, like, the back of his shoulder pads. I think we're going to see that technique more because it's a foul if you lower your head to initiate contact and initiate contact. So if you go in hot, if you go in low, as long as you turn away and keep the helmet from hitting the guy and hit him with any other part of your body, it's not a foul. And I think we're going to see that. We're going to see guys having their knees taken out or some of these like, if you could do it higher, like maybe midsection or waist area where you dive at a guy and instead just turn, you, you perfect that move. And they, you know, they can practice it on tackling dummies where you go in, you line the guy up, and you do that that turn at the last second and you hit him with your shoulder pads either on the side or on the back, that's one way around this rule because otherwise it's going to be hard to do a form tackle when you put because you're putting your head down to make that shoulder tackle around the waist. If you miss because he's moving, you end up in a potential 15-yard penalty, potential fine. A guy got ejected last night, Shamarco Thomas of the Colts got ejected in the game against the Seahawks. So y- y- they, they have to come up with something to keep the head out of the fray altogether. That's what the league office is going to expect, and I think that is exactly how it is going to be officiated when the real games start. All right, here's what we're going to do. And, and I haven't forgotten, we've got some Madden codes coming up 
later in the podcast. Of course, I'm going to make you listen to the thing. Am I stupid? Yes. But I'm going to make you listen to the thing before I give it. Let me do this. I'm going to give some codes hey, now. What? Uh, don't what? forget to use that fast forward button. Oh, well, don't tell them to use the fast. Now that, okay, you know what? I'm not, you know what? I'm not doing them at the end. They won't know. They're going to have to listen to Just do to them at all. a random time. I'll do them at a random time. Like right now, here's a PS4 code for the first person who gets it plugged in. However you redeem the codes, there's a, like you go to the store or something, or you have to go online. I don't know. People know how to figure it out. I've done it before. I always forget, and then I have to relearn. It's not that difficult. Here we go. This this is like uh, Ralphie taking down the, the, uh, Ovaltine. the Ovaltine. Yes. Don't. Don't forget to read uh, to drink your Ovaltine. It's a crummy commercial. Son of a bitch. All right, here we go. 9789-2XN3JGCQ. Oh, I just put that in my PS4. That's a P- No, you didn't. That's a PS4 code. First one to plug it in gets a free copy of Madden 19. All right. All right, I did it. Next up. Next up is Ryan Tannehill, the Dolphins quarterback, and then after the interview with Ryan Tannehill, we'll answer some of your questions and wrap up this Friday edition of the PFTPM podcast, plus another PS4 code, two Xbox codes for Madden 19 coming up. Here's Ryan Tannehill. All right, as promised, joining us now, guy entering season number seven with the Miami Dolphins, eighth overall pick back in 2012. He's Ryan Tannehill, and my God, I can say this because I'm older than you, but dude, you're 30. When did that happen? No, it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. I, I don't even believe it myself. You know, I uh, I still feel like I'm 25, but 30 sure sounds old. That's that's uh, no question about it. How much have you changed since you were 25? Uh, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about life. I've learned a lot about football. Um, you know, over five years in this business, you see a lot, and, and a lot happens. So. Uh, no question that I'm uh, leaps and bounds ahead where I was at 25. Now, I've got some sources around the league, and the word is that you have adopted some of the vocabulary terms that your head coach, Adam Gase, uses from time to time. Is this true? Do you have to shield your children from uh, any of the words that you've learned from Gase? I try not to repeat words that uh, that I hear from Gase. <laughs> uh, it can get a bit colorful, as I, uh, I think everyone knows. But, uh, you know, he's a great football coach, and I, I love working with him. Give me the one story that epitomizes Coach Adam Gase. I mean, every day, every day is an adventure with him. You know, he's uh, he's uh, such a bright mind. Uh, you know, he sees sees things in uh, such an intelligent way, uh, a way that it, it's tough to keep up with him at times as a team because you know he's always one step ahead, thinking ahead. So uh, he's always evolving and then pushing us to the next level. But uh, his intensity, I think, on a day-to-day basis of of pushing us and, and knowing where this thing should go is, is always uh, fun to work with. Finish this sentence for me. Getting on the field and playing last night, first time in 606 days, was the best feeling you've had since what? Probably my, my son being born, uh, which was two years ago, you know, right before uh, 2016 season. So, um, you know, a lot's happened in the last two years, but yeah, I felt pretty dang good being back on that field yesterday no question and you know it's got to be a bit nerve-wracking to go back out there because of what happened the last time and what happened last year when the ACL tour and we know that it's going to happen to guys during the preseason it happened to Washington running back Darius Geis on Thursday night I don't know if you've heard that but what is he dealing with based on your experience what's that day that you find out you've torn your ACL like 
Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's tough to put into words just the emotion that you feel in that moment. Uh, you know, you put so much time and effort and work into, you know, getting ready to play and, and doing what you love and to have it stripped away all in, a, in an instant is uh, it's tough to put into words. Just the, the flood of emotions that washes over you, the frustration, the anger, the sadness, the pain. Um, so, yeah, I'm really feeling for him. I, I hate to hear that. And I think for you it was different because you knew that the ACL was injured and a, a conscious decision was made to try to rehab it and come back, and then, boom, early in training camp it goes. How much harder did it make it for you to, to know, hey, you know, I could have had this thing repaired, I chose not to, and now i got to start from scratch in August? Yeah, it was tough. Obviously, the uh, timing was terrible. Um, you know, given the circumstances, uh, obviously, you know, you put a lot of thought into that. But going back and thinking about it, and, you know, we did the right thing, talking to as many doctors as we could after the 16th season. And um, the conclusion was that, uh, you know, the knee was stable at that time. And it wasn't uh, necessary to have the surgery. So uh, I still think I would make the same decision today just based on that information. Uh, but, yeah, really unfortunate and sucked the way it turned out. We're talking to you today, Ryan, because you have a partnership with Regenix, which is a system that you used, stem cell treatment, to help get your knee back to 100%. Tell us about how you found them and how it helped you get back to the point where you have the confidence that you need to move around on that knee. Yeah, I found Regenix just through a lot of research, a lot of talking. Uh, I believe my, my agent actually uh, first connected me with them. You know, put a lot of, of research and time into, you know, trying to find the leaders in, in the stem cell therapy space and came across Regenix and Oh, they do a great job. They have a network of doctors spread across the U.S. and have innovated the stem cell therapy in such a way that um, almost any orthopedic injury uh, can be treated with stem cell therapy uh, as opposed to, to surgery. So I would just encourage anybody who's dealing with anything orthopedic or thinking about having surgery just to check them out and see how they can help you. What did you learn the most in the year that you didn't play? I learned a lot. Um, you know, I've, I've said it multiple times. You know, I, I never want to be in that situation. Would have never chose it, but I, I did learn a lot in in the year that that I didn't play. Just being able to take a step back and and view things from a different viewpoint. You know, during a season or even an off season, whatever it may be. Whenever you know you're the starting quarterback, uh, you have a lot on your plate and and you're pretty focused on on what's in front of you. Whenever uh, you're not, I was able to kind of take a step back and, and just watch watch a little bit more, you know, observe a little bit more, see how different situations affected certain people. Um, you know, when, when guys need pushing a little more, when um, they just need uh, talking to, um, you know, how guys respond to adversity, how the team responds, how I can better lead this team, uh, all those types of things that, that happen, as well as, you know, playing the position. You know, I learned a lot about the position uh, over the course of, of the past uh, season. You know, just being able to watch the refs. You know, I went to meetings every single day and, and was in on the game planning and uh, just observed and, and took in as much information as I could because I wasn't able to physically do it, but I wanted to keep my mind sharp and, and stay on top of things. That way when I did step back in, then I was uh, actually taking a step forward as opposed to having taken a step backwards and having to retrace those steps. So I feel like I, I learned and, and actually took a step forward even though I didn't take a snap last year. What's the most useful thing that you learned from Jay Cutler last year? You know, Jay was a good guy to have around. You know, I think, you know, Jay played his game no, no matter what. No matter what was going on around him, he stuck true to, to who he was and, and played his game and, and wasn't really affected by 
uh, a lot of other things. So um, just having his, his veteran presence around was, uh, was different, but it was, a, it was a good change for us. This is now your seven for you, and you've had some you've had some highs, you've had some lows, you've had some in betweens. Give me a number that would rate your satisfaction with your career on a scale of one to ten so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not happy with uh, you know the seasons we've had here in Miami. Obviously, we want to be competing for championships. That's why we're here in this building every single day, while we put in the work that we do, uh, the time that we do, and, and we want to we want to be in the playoffs and win a championship. So obviously that hasn't you know we made the playoffs a couple of years ago, but you know we we haven't been competing at that elite level consistently. So obviously you know not happy about that, but that's uh, that's the goal this year. You know, there's so much talk about whether or not the Dolphins will choose to go in a different direction if it doesn't go next level for you this year. Do you think, from your perspective, that there's a point where it makes sense to have a change of scenery? I don't know. I'm, I'm not even worried about that. You know, I haven't given it much thought. I'm just totally focused on the opportunity that we have here uh, in this 18th season. You know, I feel really excited about the guys that we have on this team, uh, especially offensively, the guys I'm working with on a day-in, day-out basis, the talent we have, the work ethic we have, and, and now it's just a matter of of pushing each other each and every day, holding that standard, and, and you know, demanding excellence on Sundays. You know, I know what it's like to take some criticism on Twitter, and I'm not even out there between the light, white lines. From your perspective, how hard is it to shut out the chatter from from impatient fans? Uh, it's not too hard. You know, I don't spend a lot of time on on social media. Uh, really, just try to focus on what I can control and how I can get better on a day-in and day-out basis. So, um, you know, really, really not too difficult at, at this point in my career. I'm giving out some Madden codes coming up in the podcast today. Are you a Madden guy? I'm not. I uh, haven't played Madden, I don't think, since college. Actually, that's a lie. I, I played Madden one time against uh, Aaron Donald for a uh, an event and um, started off the game hot. First time in, whatever, six years I'm playing the game score touchdown on my first drive then he starts doing all these uh these audibles i have no idea even how to audible in the game and he just torched me <laughs> well uh, well you should get back into it i mean aaron's got some free time from what i've heard so he's probably working <laughs> on madden since he's uh since yeah, he's, he's not in camp with the rams right hey uh ryan i appreciate some of your time i know you got to go i i wish you all the best i i admire the perseverance and i think a lot of people out there who understand how the game goes and understand the kind of coaching you're getting and the skills that you showed in 2016 now that you're healthy it's it's uh, sky's the limit for you and the dolphins and we we hope uh, that that happens for you thanks mike i appreciate you having me okay thanks again to ryan Tannehill, and i really do think that if he's healthy with adam gase and the expertise that we've seen from him in the past, I think that the Dolphins are one of those teams where we're going to be saying in November and December, why didn't we see them coming? There's a there's a, a, a vacuum behind the Patriots in the AFC East, and I think the Dolphins, if they don't go through the same adversity they went through last year, they have a chance to be decent. All right, time for some questions from the PFTPM posse. Let me start with Mike Likes Dirt. If Baker Mayfield wins the starting job in Cleveland, could you see Tyrod Taylor getting traded? If so, to where? I don't know that there's a team out there that I would point to right now and say that team has a need for Tyrod Taylor because they would have been in on the Tyrod Taylor sweepstakes back in February if they were interested. 
I think what could happen is an injury, a Teddy Bridgewater type of a scenario. Or, you know, the other possibility would be a guy just completely and totally looking like crap, like Blake Bortles during the preseason last year where a coach becomes exasperated. But in that situation, they typically go next man up. So I think it would have to be injury-driven. And also, I think you keep Tyrod Taylor around. You have Baker Mayfield on a very affordable contract relative to what a veteran would cost, $32 million for four years. You got Tyrod Taylor at $16 million for one year. I think you keep him around in the event that Baker Mayfield would get injured. Otherwise, it's Baker Mayfield straight to Drew Stanton. And I don't know, will they carry three quarterbacks on the roster this year? I don't know. I guess they could go Mayfield and Stanton if need be. But you'd have to find someone who would want Tyrod Taylor. And barring injury, there really isn't a team out there right now that I'd look at and say, you know what, they would upgrade dramatically if they would bring in Tyrod Taylor. So it's got to be an injury situation that I think would drive the trade. Now, I, and the Buccaneers, they're, they're all in with Brian Fitzpatrick until Jameis Winston comes back. So I, I, I don't think there's an obvious candidate barring injury. All right, how about an Xbox code? You said random. This is random. Y-H-M-V-Q-M-7-C-3-F-4-W-C-X-R-2-P-2-T-K-6-K-T-7-Z. God, that one's long. Uh, at, Sorry. At uh, Pro Football Bruh, applicate... Is that a word? That's is Chris. Is that Chris Sims? Applicate the new helmet rule to the guys that were inducted last weekend. What percentage of their highlights are now illegal? Will 2018 be the most missed tackles in NFL history because players are leading with their shoulders no longer wrapping up? Um, well, you got Robert Brazil back in the 70s where they they went you know helmet first to the stomach. He played with Earl Campbell who did that to oh what was the guy's name? He played for the Rams. Greg Robertson maybe put the helmet down right into his stomach. So. Yeah, I'd say all these guys would have had to adjust or face flags, fines, and potential ejections or suspensions. And, you know, they're going to have to come up with another way to get guys on the ground because you're dealing with a moving target. You're trying to get low. The guy you're trying to tackle knows it. He's trying to get low, and it ends up being a huge potential mess. But uh, we'll see. I hold out some hope that it's not going to be applied unreasonably, but I think the NFL is determined to take the helmet completely out of the game. All right, another question. F new helmet rule. Which quarterback will be released or traded first, RG3 or Teddy Bridgewater? RG3. Yeah, I think he's going to be cut too. I mean, the first to get traded, I think, would be Teddy. Like, I think, like, who's going to want anyone out of this? Well, who's going to be off the roster that he's currently on first, RG3 in Baltimore or Teddy with the Jets? More like who's not going to be on the roster at all. Who's going to be off it? Who's going to get – who's going to be gone? You think – yeah, I think so too. And I think Teddy could get traded to somebody else, but I don't think, like, he'll be, like – done like he's going to be on another team i think they'll carry teddy on the 53-man roster if there isn't a catastrophic injury before week one a teddy bridgewater type of an injury and i i don't think those are going to happen to quarterbacks now look they can happen to anybody especially during the preseason games but during practice it's very rare for it to happen bridgewater's one of the few who what quarterback tears an acl in practice it's completely non-contact i think rg3 is going to be cut by the ravens and the better that lamar jackson looks the more likely it is that they go Flacco and Lamar Jackson as the two quarterbacks in Baltimore. At Dirtbag1327, the biggest overreaction from last night's games. You know, I'm tempted to say that Baker Mayfield looks great, but 
I, it's, I believe it. So it's not an overreaction if I believe it, right? Maybe I'm overreacting. I can't judge whether or not I'm overreacting. I think Mayfield looks great. I think the biggest overreaction is that Saquon Barkley's destined for the Hall of Fame just because he had one run of 39 yards because he had three other runs of four yards total. So he broke free on run, and it looked good. He cut through traffic, and, you know, it wasn't just a wide-open hole that he just sprinted through. But, uh, you know, I, I think that maybe it was a little bit much where they just assume that Barkley's going to be great just because he had one carry and he popped free for 39 yards against the Cleveland Browns defense. I mean, this is the starting defense of a team that was 1-31 the last two years. So I, I say we, we wait at least for one regular season game before we order the bronze yeah, to make the bust for Canton. Yeah, I think we should wait a little bit too. Well, yeah, I, I like it better when we disagree. Did you watch any of the games right, yeah, last night? Yeah, put them night? in the Hall of Fame. Did you watch any of the games last night? Not really. I don't care about preseason. I don't either. You know, stats... I, and I, I just can't get myself to enjoy it. I, I I hate to say this, but dealing with stats every day this week, he eventually wore me down and I got excited for the preseason. And I got the most enjoyment out of watching Baker Mayfield because I, I think he was great. And I think he's going to be great. And I think the Browns are going to find a way to screw this up. That this is total Browns move. They finally have two good quarterbacks and they're going to screw this up. Hey, you never know. They, they might finally... I think they might finally stop doing that. I have a piece of paper over there in an envelope. Two years ago, I wrote down that five years from now, the Browns will be regarded as a better franchise than the Dallas Cowboys. And in the past two years since then, the Browns have been absolutely dreadful, and the Cowboys were great one year, and they were mediocre last year. But in comparison to the Browns, they were, they were incredible. So how I got long, three long, years. Okay. I got you, three yeah, years. You, there's plenty of time. Well. You never know what can happen. Yeah. I, I think it's going to take some I think it's going to take some effort by the Browns to turn it around. And I think the Cowboys, they're always relevant. They're, they're always decent. They always have something that, that makes them in a position to win more games than they lose. So it's going to take some effort by the Browns. But with Baker Mayfield, they can do it. They can absolutely do it. Wouldn't it be great if it was Browns, Cowboys in the Super Bowl in three years? I can't get my arms around the Browns going to the Super Bowl because they never have. But why not? If you have a franchise quarterback, you are on your way. And I think, based on what I saw last night, this guy is going to be the player that the Browns believe he's going to be, the Dolphins wanted him, the Patriots wanted him. There were a lot of teams that wanted Baker Mayfield that see something special in him. And that could be the thing that turns around this Browns franchise once and for all. How about another PS4 code? GBL5. T6NN6XQ3. 97X. Bam. The future. What was the last number? Of rock and roll. I'll do it again. But somebody's already got it. No, that was that's from Rain Man. Did you ever watch Rain Man? Oh, no. I've you ever watched it start to finish? No. You don't know what you're missing. I've never watched it. What? It's on, uh, is it on Hulu? I think it's on Hulu. You should watch it. Yeah, maybe. All right, here we go. At Recliner QB, why is Dan Snyder giving Jay Gruden a seemingly long chance at head coach compared to others, especially as they seem to let a lot of their better players leave in free agency? The Washington franchise has seemed off lately, and that's coming from a Cowboys fan. Yeah, I, I think Dan Snyder, I don't know what happened to him, but he is completely not meddling now. He used to over-meddle. Now he's not meddling. He lets Bruce Allen run the show. I don't think that's going to last much longer. But, you know, Jay Gruden took the team to the playoffs once, and I remember when they signed him to a contract extension, they bragged that it was their first consecutive non-losing seasons in, like, 20 years. It was one of those things you shouldn't brag about, right? Like, like hey, you know, the, the, hey, I, I've gone uh, 12 months without setting fire to my neighbor's uh, 
uh, treehouse. I mean, it's like not the kind of thing that that you should be lauding someone for. But they were bragging about that. But Gruden has done better than most Washington coaches have the last 20 years. So there's that. All right, what else do we have here? From the PFTPM Posse, should owners really be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame for their contributions to the sport? I mean, aren't they just trying to protect and grow their billion-dollar investments? They're just trying to make more money. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they're... I think they can contribute to the sport. Jerry I think Jones, if, like, they're, like, obviously, if they win a few Super Bowls, then yeah. But it's not just that. It's contributing to the growth of the sport, contributing to the vision for the league. Jerry Jones had a huge role in modernizing the NFL. You know, it used to be the owners, it was like old guard, it was family-owned, and they were very conservative. They weren't aggressive as business people. Jerry Jones ushered in a new era where they took full advantage of their business opportunities. And in that respect, he's been a great contributor to the league. And I think Bob Kraft should get in at some point. Pat Bolin, the Broncos owner who was instrumental in negotiating TV deals, there's a thought that he's going to get in to the Hall of Fame as a contributor next year. So I think there's a spot. And look, if you're going to have contributors, they have a separate category for contributors. Why wouldn't people who own teams over a period of decades, why wouldn't they, if they have successful teams and they help contribute to the vision, leadership, and execution of the league's plan, why shouldn't they be under consideration for that? All right, at The Real Forno, A-Flow, what's the best concert you've ever attended? The best concert? Um, honestly, I mean, I really haven't been to, like, that many concerts. So, <laughs> honestly, probably when I saw Drake two years ago, that was just, it was just wild. Was that in Columbus? Yeah, it was Drake and Future. Future was better. Than why? Why was it better than than? Just because it was. It was I, I. I mean, like the opening. Like I really liked the opening acts too. So like I was really into them already. So and then Drake. I mean, I've never seen Drake. And when I was like, you know, fifteen, like Drake was the best. And it was just like it was just a fun. It was just a fun concert. But I saw I saw Wiz Khalifa a few weeks ago, and I probably had the most fun there. It was it was a good time. I, I thought that you were gonna you were gonna say Green Day. Yeah. We saw Green Day twice. Yeah. And we need to go see Kiss before they die. Mm. You're not interested? Not really. Every once in a while you say you'd like to go see him, but I think you're probably under the influence of uh, something then. All right, you know what? we got to go because you're going to a concert tonight. Yeah, I want to do like a couple, like one more question now. All right. Well, uh, how about uh, from Gong Show West in commemoration of another Fridays with A-Flow. Question for me. What's your most cherished childhood memory of your father? And then A-Flow, same question. You ask, you answer it first. What's your most cherished memory of me? You're on um, the spot. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of stuff that happened when I was younger. Like, I. Boy, that's really moving. That's really touching. Isn't it? I'm glad. Yeah, I thought I was gonna start crying, but my, thanks. Uh, I think, I think it was when you uh, threw baseball with me. Oh, really? Yeah, we used to play catch. Yeah. All right, now you're going to make me no, cry. No, remember when we used to go outside in the backyard before I had baseball games when I was younger? And, and you I'd would, pitch to you and you'd yeah, whack them. Uh-huh. Yeah, those yeah. little soft balls. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, you whacked the hell out of those. All right. That's not. That's pretty good. I, I held up pretty well under that one. My, yeah. chair, my I tell you what, my dad one time took a week off, and we did stuff every single day. And I'll, it's like time stood still that week. And see, I'm going to get verklempt. But but that was great. All right. One more code. Which doesn't belong and why? 227Q3. 42PW4. 
D6TGM, F7MJQ, GFT7Z. Yeah, that was an Xbox code. Don't forget to that drink was an Xbox your code. Ovaltine. Did I say that ahead of time? I don't think you did. You just well, said it was a code. No, that was they, an Xbox they, code. They, they, they figured it out. Because I, I tell you what, if they tried to put it in on the PS4, they were yeah. screwed. And I said ahead of time, I got two PS4, I got two Xbox. So if they're smart, they knew that that one was going to be an Xbox. By process of elimination, they knew. All right, we got to go. Thanks to Ryan Tannehill. Thanks to you. More PFTPM next week. Although, what are we going to do? You're going to school. How are we going to do Fridays with A-Flow? I think we'll figure something out. You I don't want to call in. I don't want to – I mean, I don't want to stop, but I think we'll figure something out. Well, I don't think you want to drive down here on a Friday afternoon when you'd otherwise be hanging out up yeah, in Morgantown. Yeah, I mean, like happy hour starts at 5. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to have to figure something out. Maybe we'll do Thursdays. Yeah, we'll figure, we'll do something. All right, you, you're giving me the brush off. You you really want to go, don't you? I don't really want to go. It's that I have to go. Okay, well then that's it. Thanks for joining us. We'll do it again Bye. next week. Have a great weekend. Later. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. You can find the PFTPM podcast on Art 19, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, and you will, subscribe for automatic downloads. Leave a rating and review. That'll help new listeners find our show and push us up the charts. Search PFTPM for your evening update from Pro Football Talk. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.